Hello, welcome back to the Life from the Wrist podcast. Today is a pretty big day for this podcast. This is officially the 100th episode that I am releasing for the Life from the Wrist podcast, which is a big milestone, you know. Um, 100 weeks of, of uploading podcasts about watches and things that are happening in the watch world, whether it's vintage or modern watchmaking or or perhaps watch releases it it's a pretty big moment for for the podcast so um what better way to um sort of celebrate a pretty pretty significant milestone than to talk about vintage watches it's pretty crazy to look back on on the podcast and we're into our third season of of um of this podcast it's it's it was interesting when i first started it um <clears throat> excuse me um because you know when when i when i first started the podcast it was really um i realized that you know we do our we do have our youtube channel where we sort of focus a lot of our content on and also on our website where we have corresponding articles for for all of the um videos that we have on our on our youtube channel but um, back in, and, and I, I can tell you, my, my, the first episode of um, the podcast was released on March 7th, 2020, which is um, <laughs> kind of when COVID came around. And, and uh, when, when, uh, <clears throat> when I was thinking about starting the podcast, I said, you know, probably going to have a little bit more time <clears throat> um, now that I'm, from, I'm at home. And this might be a nice way for, for me to at least create something for those of you who are at home um, to... Uh, to, to mix up your day, listen to some sort of podcast um, about watches and the things that you love about watches. And, um, and it really just took off from there. And um, yeah, we're now at episode 100. So season one, I had, I started on March 7th, 2020. And there were, I'm looking at it right now, there were 30 uh, episodes for season one that were released. Um, and that went all the way up until the uh, 29th of December, 2020. Season two is obviously the next year, 2021. Um, and that ran from uh, episode 31 to 78. So what's that? 46 uh, episodes were released that year. Um, the first episode was released um, May 11th, 2021. And that ran all the way through until um, the 28th of December, 2021. And I think I think 2021 was really a year where the podcast saw a lot of um, nice growth, and and I think uh, more people stumbled across the podcast and enjoyed the the watches that or the podcast that I was um, that I was releasing and the topics that we were talking about. And I, I say it every um, every uh, every time I, I I do this podcast, but your input on the topics that you want to see on this podcast are really what um, what. Uh, what 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 makes it uh, something that you're going to enjoy? So please, if you have topics that you want me to talk about, tell me because then you can enjoy it while you're listening. And then season three kicked off uh, with episode seventy nine on January fourth, twenty twenty two, and that ran uh, all the way up until the episode that you're listening to right now, and we're officially into triple digits, which is um, a big milestone, uh, uh, something to stick, w- uh, you know, sticking with uh, something for 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 that long. So. I hope you've enjoyed some of the podcasts and and some good memories uh, of of listening to um, me talk about watches.
So I just wanted to go over maybe just a little bit about the the history of this podcast and and the journey that I've sort of been on. But uh, I'll get into sort of what I wanted to talk about today, which is two vintage watches that I've gotten in recently that I think are um, super interesting. Uh, One is a Breitling and one is a Longines. Uh, Longines is probably not a surprise for you. You, you, if you, if you follow Life on the Wrist, I'm a massive, a uh, massive uh, proponent for Longines because I think the variety of vintage watches that they have is just um, second to none in my opinion. Uh, but the Breitling might be a surprise. I, this is, um, this is, uh, no, Breitling isn't a brand that you probably see on Life on the Wrist too, too often. We've had uh, one other Breitling on the on the website that was a Breitling Top Time, uh, a really beautiful stainless steel Top Time with a um, with a dual register, uh, a two sub dial, um, chronograph movement, uh, running on the, a Breitling modified Valjoux 7 D730. It was the reference 2002.33. Really, if you want stainless steel chronograph, uh, that's, ex- the watch is a perfect example of, 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 um, of exactly that. So um, that was a while ago, and uh, we finally got another Breitling on the on the um, on the website, and that is going to be this um, really really beautiful uh, stainless steel Breitling day date uh, reference twenty five twenty eight dash three. Put a link in the sh- in the sh- in the show notes of this of this um, podcast so you can see the watch, so you see some images of it as I talk through it. Um, but as I mentioned, it's a stainless steel. Uh, day uh, day date from Breitling. The case is sort of like the the, ra- the sort of uh, round cushion formed case that you saw um, plenty during the 60s and 70s. It became very very popular during the 70s uh, to produce watches of this case shape because you know it was kind of funky. Um, the overall look at the case is really really good. If you look at the lugs, they're super sharp. Um, you can still see some of the brush finishing on the top of the on the top of the um, on the top of the, the lugs. The watch has a fluted bezel, which is really, um, really cool looking. And then if you look at the watch dial, you've basically got a silver, uh, silver dial with gold applied hour markers, gold hours, minutes, and seconds hand. And then you've got the day, day, day and date complication at six o'clock. You've got the date right where six o'clock would be, just above where Swiss is written. And then you have a day of the week um, window that is actually it has a Spanish um, Spanish text wheel which I think is quite unique the watch also on the dial obviously you've gotten you have the Breitling logo where it says Breitling Genève and you have uh, automatic Inca block so it's got a one of the early versions of the um, shock protection that's that was used in many many different uh, watches um, throughout the the history of, um, of, of many brands. So um, this watch is 36 millimeters in diameter. I think it fits really nicely. Um, the, the sort of cushion formed or ovular case shape that you have for this piece um, allows it to wear uh, pretty nicely. If you um, take a look at the case back, it's obviously stainless steel and has the um, Breitling uh, logo with um, obviously the reference number. Uh, it also says automatic water resistant anti-magnetic Swiss made all stainless steel um, which I think is uh, quite cool 
80 millimeter lug width. It's on a black NATO strap, which I think is a muted way of wearing this piece. If you get something a little bit brighter, I think it would be a really nice addition to this um, this watch. Maybe something that has a little bit of yellow to go with the applied hour markers. I think it's a nice looking um, a nice looking contrast for sure. The watch is running on the caliber uh, 4009 automatic movement, which I think was a mass-produced movement, but obviously modified uh, by Breitling. Um, it's in really great condition, running really well, keeping time um, really nicely. I think Breitling in, in vintage watches is um, something that's uh, not often explored. I think people stick to you know your traditional Rolex, Tudor, Longines, Omega. And Breitling sometimes isn't explored by um, by the masses, but um, do, do they, you know they do have some really interesting pieces. You know, when you think of vintage 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 chronographs, for example, your mind immediately goes to something like Longines or to to Universal Genève. Whereas Breitling actually has some really beautiful pieces like the Top Time. They are a little bit diff more difficult to get in good condition, which is probably why the mass market, you know mass market of vintage watch enthusiasts find it difficult to to find them for their collection um, but some of these day-to-day -day complications or time-only brightlings from the 50s and 60s are really beautiful and i think this is a good example of of that um, definitely take a look at the pictures in the um in the show notes we'll be covering this one on a video soon so you can see it sort of running and in the metal which I, i'm very excited to to sort of go over with you uh, very very soon so that's um, the first one, the first watch I wanted to talk about on our hundredth episode uh, for um, f for the Life on the Wrist podcast. The second watch I wanted to talk about is a watch from Longines. Now, Longines, I, I, it's no secret that I am a massive uh, vintage Longines fan. If you look at our our website, we've covered um, a tremendous amount of vintage Longines. In fact, if you go back to the inception of Life on the Wrist. Um, we uh, the first sort of batch of vintage watches that we got in to cover on the channel um, included two Longines. They were identical pieces bought um, for uh, twins, and um, and uh, they were very very simple time only Longines automatics with with a with a white cream dial. Uh, gold, uh, I think it was 14 karat uh, gold filled case on stretch bracelets came with box with uh, original boxes um, for each of the pieces as well. Uh, really, just a, a fabulous pair of watches that um, you don't you don't see very often uh, in that sort of condition. Um, we've had multiple Longines over the you know the course of the channel though. If you look, we've had pieces like. Uh, Longines presidencies, and we've had Longines mainliners. Um, the list uh, continues with you know Longines admiral automatics, and it, it really Longines is something that I've spoken about heavily on the channel because I do think it's it's a brand that has so much variety and allows you to enjoy watches uh, in so many different ways. The watch that I have today. Um, and I'll put a link in the show notes to this piece as well, is a Longines Automatic Grand Prize. Now, in the 1960s, there were a couple of pieces that Longines produced. Um, one of those was the Longines Admiral. Now, the Admiral, I've, I, I, we had an Admiral Automatic on the, on the channel um, within the last year, and this, was, this is a piece that I think is, um, is, can be simple, 
can have many different dial variations and you can really honestly you could probably create a collection around the Longines Admirals pretty easily. I think the text where it says Admiral and then typically you have the five stars on the on the dial of the piece is a pretty attractive um, feature of the Admirals. Um, one of the things that um, and this is no in no way looking uh, down at um, the Longines Admirals, but um, the um, the uh, the movements that were used in the Admirals were oftentimes the fi were um, 500 series from a company called Record, whereas um, and, and and that was some of the uh, Longines uh, Admirals. Other ones had the three. Uh, 140 series or 350 series um, movements that were manufactured by Longines, um, which are oftentimes more um, attracted, attractive to uh, watch collectors. And I think it really stems from the idea that a lot of people are looking for in-house movements that were manufactured by um, by the brands that they're they're purchasing. Um, so admirals sort of have both sides of the coin when it comes to those. But what's really unique about the uh, grand prizes from Longines um, was the fact that um, the the movements the, the the grand prizes from the 1960s used the Longines 340 series and 350 series movements. The um, and so um, a lot of the times for collectors, uh, grand prizes have been um, seen as uh, pretty attractive pieces. The watch that I have today is a stainless steel uh, Longines automatic grand prize. Um, I think uh, stainless steel Longines is a pretty attractive place to 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 go if you're if you're looking for um, f for uh, f for these types of um, f this type of aesthetic. Um, stainless steel case with um, in, in really really great condition. If you look, you can still see a lot of the bevels on the um, edges. You can see where the um, lugs intersect with the um, with the case really nicely. Um, you also can see um, a, a nice uh, nice bevels on the on the lugs, which I think is for for a watch of this age is sometimes missed. Um, stainless steel case back. It is. Um, you have to use a 1260 wrench in order to remove the case back of this piece. Looking at the dial side of this, this watch, you have this sort of silver dial, but it's kind of grainy and it looks almost like sand, which I think is really attractive. The watch has a um, date complication at three o'clock and then applied uh, hour markers at 12, nine and six. You then have uh, Longines and an applied Longines logo at 12 o'clock, grand prize and automatic written at six o'clock um, hours, minutes, and center seconds with a red seconds hand sweeping um, really nicely. Signed crown with the Longines logo. It, this watch really is, um, <laughs> it really is exactly what you would look for in a stainless steel vintage, uh, vintage piece. Um, the the red, uh, red seconds hand might be uh, aftermarket. Um, I haven't seen too many of these uh, grand prizes with, with a with a red uh, seconds hand, but I think it's actually quite nice on such a simplistic dial. Um, the watch is uh, 34 millimeters in diameter, so a little bit more on the s smaller side, and I say it probably wears true to size. Longines are quite, uh, the, the lugs are a little bit um, 
long, but but I think it fits true to the 34 millimeters that you're looking at. Comes on a dark brown leather strap, which I think is a nice um, complement for this piece. I actually think if you found a strap that had some sort of red, red, very subtle red accent to it, it would make this watch um, pop really nicely. One of the other things that I really love about this piece is if you look at the applied hour markers, it almost looks like they have some sort of texture on them. And so in different lights, you kind of catch, um, you kind of catch uh, interesting looks um, when, when you sort of move the watch around. Um, and um, I just think it looks really, really beautiful and a perfect example of a stainless steel watch. There'll be, there'll be a link in the show notes, so please go ahead and check out the pictures. I, I, unfortunately, I, I like to think I can, I can speak about these pieces, but uh, pictures are worth a thousand words, right? So um, you have to definitely uh, see them as I sort of talk through the, uh, this watch because it, it really is a beautiful example. So two stainless steel pieces, pretty exciting to, to, to cover these on the channel. So stay tuned for our articles and videos where we talk about both of these pieces. Um, I think the next video you're going to be seeing on our, on our YouTube channel and on our website is going to be about the Bulova 666 feet, uh, 666 feet uh, diver. So stay tuned for that for Wednesday. Um, so, and then we'll jump into these two pieces, which I think is going to be very exciting for me. Um, there's another piece coming and I'm very, very excited to, to, to cover it. So stay tuned for that as well. I hope you enjoyed episode 100 of the Life on the Wrist podcast. It's a huge accomplishment. I'm, I'm very proud. I, I, I'm, I, I think it's been a lot of fun over the last three years and I, I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes. If you are new to the Life on the Wrist podcast, be sure to, um, be sure to uh, follow this podcast so you're the first person notified when we do upload um, a podcast. We have one podcast a week every Tuesday, um, so I uh, would love to, to, to have you part of the Life Nurse podcast family. Um, be sure to uh, check out our social media, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our website for more watch content. If you have any feedback on this podcast, it would be greatly appreciated if you, if you uh, left us a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and until next time.